It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the show, Ears Up Podcast. It's uh, I was doing some uh, uh, adjusting here before the show. Actually, that's not true. I, I was doing some adjusting for uh, Sabers and Superpowers. The last episode of Sabers and Superpowers was recorded right here in Studio Oakley. And uh, I guess I pumped the, the bass up a little bit because I had Anthony on, and uh, I forgot to readjust, so that... It was good. Boom, boom, boom. I was about to start flowing over it, man. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Ugh. What? Let me catch the beat. Let me catch the beat. Stop it. <laughs> I'm talking on my Stop. Johns all day and all night. Well, the way rap is now, I'd be like, and it would be amazing because that's mumble rap. I have this, I have this, this, this honest to God, uh, excuse me, uh, honest to God um, <laughs> thought about doing uh, dad rap. Oh my god. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's like a legitimate thing that I kind of want to do. I've never ever judged you Legit- as hard as I'm Wait, judging you right legitimate now. Legitimate as in it already exists or no, like no, no, no. there's so just many dad raps out there but it's, there like, shouldn't like, be like, any more. S- like sit there and like come up with a rap about dad life. And but like but make it like you know like, like trap life? like trap but not about not about yeah. like Percocets and 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 you we know fish get- stick uh, <laughs> Lambos. You know I what I mean? Get dad yeah. life tattooed on her stomach. <laughs> <it's> like, oh. <laughs> Please. No, that's good. Um, I think it's a great idea. I used to want to do that for history songs because I think kids would then be able to remember history better. That's dumb. My idea is <laughs> oh my god. My idea is great. My idea is great because you you think about how it. is your idea what helping about, the future? What about does, how is how is future Teaching. helping the future? <laughs> Doesn't matter. So my oh, thing would be like would be like you know you rap about crisp white New Balance sneakers, right? Weber charcoal grills. Oh, fanny packs. It's a sad. Mo- I, ha- I have all of those things. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, you know, finger gunning the neighbors. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, uh, fertilizing the garden. Nice. Picking the kids up from school. High socks. High, High socks. socks. See, that's what I'm talking about. And I have this thing. Right. You know, like uh, 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 instead of instead of trap god. Right. Tarp God. Docker shorts. Oh my God. Because dad's tarp every stupid thing. What's tarp? We, oh, it's tarps. a tarp. Like a tarp. Use a tarp. We, every dad has a tarp somewhere. We got to pull in Greg, not Greg, Greg yeah. on that because he wrote that other rap for us. I'm sure he could do something. All I need is a beat. And yeah. I got to just sit I can and write give it out. You a beat. And he can help. Yeah. All right. Skill. But I, I don't need that. help. But I think it, but you know, throw it up on SoundCloud. Okay. Get dad tattooed on my forehead or whatever, and I'm the next thing, man. Okay. And I told my friend, he's like, I hate that. So he goes, I guarantee you, Google dad rap, and there's tons of it out there. there and are. it's all terrible. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, but mine would be cool. He goes, I don't, I think that's stupid. And I'm like, but every time I'm driving, I'm listening to some Drake song or some future right. song or whatever, and it's like, I could do this. would be so good, dude. This would be so good. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be good, but it would be fun for me to do. It would be a thing for sure. It would be sure, for sure, for sure. It would be a thing that exists. Yeah. In the interwebs. On the internet. Are you going to bring her in here? On the internet. So she cries in here? She's not crying. I can hold her if you guys need me to. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sorry, practice. Alice uh, Marie is not uh, going down for her nap, so Taryn's going to bring her in here. Um, we have a good show for you guys. Don't look at Beverly. Judge me. I wasn't I just judging said. you. Uh-huh. It was just uh-huh. Ju- they're both judging <laughs> me right now. Uh, today's show is going to be a good one, everybody. We're talking to Jeremy. Oh, God, I forgot to call him back. <laughs> Let me call you right now, Jeremy. Uh, we're going to talk to Jeremy from SpectroRadio.us, of course. And um, originally, this was going to be a uh, just a segment, like a normal segment that he does. And then we're going to have some other topic. But he goes, look, this is so long that I-, I could just do a whole show if you want. We said, yes, please. Sounds good. Jeremy. Hey, guys. How you doing? I am great. Are you? And I'm ready for this full show. <laughs> All right. The show, uh, tell the, everybody what the show is about, please. Well, last year I did a, a show about the Millennium Celebration, which talks a lot about illuminations. But tonight we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Oh. Of Illumin- so illuminations, if you don't know, is the nighttime spectacular at Epcot. Okay. So we're going to look at the full history of it. Let's do that. But first, today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Get Away Today. Com. Disney's top wholesale partner that's been around for 28 years. So they obviously know what's going on. They'll help you plan your Disney vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discounted tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plans that let you pay as you go, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so check this out. Instead of having to go to our website and click the affiliate link and do all the thing, getawaytoday.com slash ears up. Nice. Awesome. That's and it, ha- like and it has all of our buttons on there. So you, everything that, that, that we can get, uh, that you can get a discount from us, it's all there. Fantastic. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. Getawaytoday.com slash ears up or give them a call at 855 getaway to start planning your magical vacation. Don't forget to mention Ears Up Podcast sent you and use promo code Ears Up to save an extra 10 bucks off your Southern California vacation package. Nice. Good people over there. Getawaytoday.com slash ears up. Ears with a Z, of course. We're on iTunes. Tune in all over the place. Spectra Radio, blah, blah, blah. But everyone talks about Spectra Radio. God, enough with that guy. Uh, we're on social. It's, it's getting old. It's getting old fast. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Bev was just sitting in our living room Pinteresting her heart out, and I appreciate <laughs> that very much. Uh, any feedback on the show goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any show suggestions goes to Terrence. And you can say hi Hello. to Bev. Anything else comes to me. I'm Jason. Ears up, podcast.com. You can support Ears Up innumerable ways. Go to getcoveyears.com. Sure. Getcoveyears.com and buy some coveyears uh, or some churro shirts if you want to do that. That'd be cool, too. Go to patreon.com slash ears up and become a Patreon donor. So what else we're doing tonight is I had mentioned on the last show, because we're no longer doing the sketches, we're doing mm-hmm. a, two drawings. Right. For oh, yeah. $20 each for the things, right? For the Disney gift certificate things yeah. or whatever. So I have all of that done. So we're going to sit here and pull three names. No, six names. Six names, yeah. Awesome. Six yeah. Names. Sweet. Six Just names. Six <laughs> names. I held it before, apparently. I don't know what I'm doing with my fingers anymore. Uh, if you do any kind of internet shopping, you can also use our Amazon link on the homepage. And uh, see, I did the Sabres and Superpowers update. That was in the last show. That's an old one. Why do I have the two things... Okay. Wow. Did I not? Oh, I just copied and pasted everything. So I'm stupid. Uh, Taryn, let's do some feedback. Bruh. Okie dokie. Give me one momento. 
That okay. kid, she has, so Taryn has our child in her lap, and that <laughs> kid is like as transfixed right right on the computer. Yeah. Okay, the first one is from uh, Kristen. Hi, guys. I'm a new listener here, and I'm so hooked on this podcast. I was recommended to you guys. It's called A History of the United States. <laughs> you should check it out. Uh, I was recommended to you guys through, through an annual pass holders Facebook group. Wasn't really sure where to start, so I just randomly select uh, old episodes and listen. I was laughing so hard that you guys have started your own social club <laughs> and think it's the best idea. Was curious, is it a real social club? How can yep. I join? And more importantly, how do I get a fanny pack? Those things are awesome. Anyways, awesome. Uh, thanks for getting me through the work days. You guys are for sure the best podcast out there. Kristen. P.S. Hi, Bev. Hi. Well, Kristen, thank you very much. So on our um, our Facebook page, I think you have to request to join it and we have to let you in. On the Facebook page, we actually have the quote-unquote you know, official msfp fanny pack yes. on there you can get anyone that you want you know we have some that have like um i think we have hawaiian. a tie-dye yeah hawaiian we have all that stuff yellow um, eric has a eric big has a yellow, yellle yellow one, one. Yeah. um so it doesn't matter but as far as the patches are concerned i have six sets okay. left oh okay so if you want them uh Kristen, you already emailed me so i will respond i don't know why i waited for the show but uh, i will have taryn respond to you <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll wait till Alice can type, and then she'll respond. Right. So it'll be a few years. Perfect. Uh, type. <laughs> no, I will get back to you. Uh, just so anybody else knows, if you want to join the Main Street Fanny Packers and thumb your nose at all the social clubs that are extorting people for money, um, allegedly, it's a joke. It's jokes. We're just telling jokes. It's all friendly. Um, email me, Jason, at earsuphypenpodcast.com. It's 25 bucks. That just pays for the patches. We're not making any money on it. There's no dues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically, we're just... We're just a bunch of adults in Disneyland trying to have a good time. Yeah. You're in once you get jumped in, so it's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have to shave all your hair off and glue it to your chin. Right. But other than that... <laughs> I just thought jumping us in, jumping them in was just them buying us a drink. Is that okay? with? I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. I'm good, I'm good with that, too. Okay. There yeah. we go. Buy us a drink yeah. from Trader Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> all day long. Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Turn. Uh, so we may have art. We may have just answered this one as well, but this is um, uh, this is from Caleb. Hello, my name Caleb. is Caleb, and I have literally listened Prove to it. every episode of Ears Up. Uh, so I guess you'd consider me a super fan. Well, thank you. I would. Uh, anyway, I began listening to you guys last year before heading to Disneyland. I haven't stopped since, and will be heading back to the parks early July. I can't wait. I've been working six days a week since last December. Damn, Ouch. bro! And this is going to be my reward before heading back to school. That a boy. Uh, I'm looking forward to sporting my Mater hat along along with a Disney or I'm sorry a Mickey Mouse shirt, but wanted to inquire about the Main Street Fanny Packers. I'd love to join and add that little hot number to my ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> Taryn will email you. Yeah, uh, basically just PayPal me twenty five bucks and give me your address and I'll mail you the three patches. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, use it, but in whatever fanny pack you want. We use the Manhattan Portage. Yes, like twenty five bucks nylon because it's very they're very deep. It's a very deep. It's a it's very nice. very nice. Like it's good in everyday be, life. See, that would be part of my dad wrap, right? So like I got my strap, right? I got my fanny I got pack. My strap. I, I'm strap on my fanny I pack. Got my strap and, and I'm going to strap, Tony. Strapped. Yeah. <laughs> in the checkout yeah, line for stop. churros, I got to reach in my stop. strap to pull out my dineros. Pull out oh, my euros. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Go ahead, Taryn. Uh, Nailed that This one. is going to happen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thanks a million for putting on a great show about a place uh, in all of our hearts. Best, Caleb. Thanks, um, Caleb. Next is from Caitlin. Dears up. 
Wow. Deers up. Deers up, bro. That's our hunting podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> it's our baby fan club. Oops. <laughs> um, I may have already had a drink. Uh, deer ears up. <laughs> Should deer- I hold our child? <laughs> no. she, she's good. Fine. Deer cat. Yeah. Why are you holding her out the window? <laughs> blanket. blanket. I put a blanket on you. <laughs> Blanket. Have you ever heard that? That's like his. That's why his kid's called nickname. It, uh, that's why his kid's nickname was Blanket. Because yes. I put a blanket on you. It's like protection. It's like a blessing. We miss you, MJ. Go on. Blanket on you. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen no, the last OG? No, I haven't about this? watched it. The Tracy, no, uh, Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Yeah. He, t- he has. There's a bit in there about. Uh, it's on TBS. He does a bit about like how after you die, you're 50 percent better. Than you were when alive. He goes, look at Michael Jackson. He hung a baby out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. That's okay. Dear ears up, crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for a great show you put on. I've been lis- I've been an avid listener for about a year now, and I'm hoping to get your advice. I live in Arizona. Don't do it. But would consider myself somewhat of a Disney expert. I've been going to the park at least once a year since I was born, and I'm now 20. Nice. Disneyland was a huge part of my family's life and still a huge part of mine. The last few years I've visited with just my boyfriend. On May 21st, however, I'm going with five of my college girlfriends, one of which has an AP pass and lives near the park, and four of which have, ne- have only been to the park once. Well, I know the park like the back of my hand, I've never been in a large group of just friends. What's your advice on how to make the best of a one-day park hopper pass for a large group? That is hard. Number one, you have... Oh, sorry. Was it- There's more. Go on. Uh, okay, go on. And yeah. how to ensure that newcomers' experience it- experience is the best it can be. I also have only been with family, following my parents' lead, or with my boyfriend, who I take full charge of, as he is also a newcomer. <laughs> <laughs> and my boyfriend. You didn't have to add, is also a newcomer. Right. right, right. <laughs> I want to combine my knowledge with my AP friend, but I don't want to butt heads. I hope this reaches you in time. Thanks. It did, It did, but not really, I guess, for the air. Oh, is it already? May 21st. It's the 23rd or 4th. Oh. Whoops. Oh, oops. That's is okay. I, I wrote to her. And oh, you she, did? Okay. She did have a good time. But what good. advice would we have given her? So, number one, she said she's 20? Yes. Okay, don't go to DCA. <laughs> no point. Wait, honestly, no point. Oh, that's true. Right. Well, it's cl- everything half of it's closed. closed. Right. So, half of the p- the pier's closed. Um, true. You know, I would just, I would stay to Disneyland. Um, with her age and the rides, I would stick to only e-ticket rides. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good... Yeah, and That's get Max call. Pass so you can do the fast passes while you're in line as well. I would tell their friends to research the park, like look into it, look at the rides. What are, yeah, what do they things? like? What do they want to do, and then make an itinerary because that's cool. Yeah, because if me. you go all the time and they've only been once. You it doesn't know, let, matter what you do. Yeah, but if they don't care, don't know, then just I'm assuming whatever you're going to like, they're going to like, like. Yeah, yeah they're going to like it all. Yeah, so. but you don't want to accidentally, you know, only ride like Winnie the Pooh and Jungle Cruise. You know, <laughs> yeah, you and then they're to like, do, "Wow, Disneyland's terrible." <laughs> exactly. You want to do Matterhorn and Big Thunder and Space Mountain and all that stuff too. So. Exactly. You don't yeah. want to do Matterhorn. You don't want to do Matterhorn. Sorry, I didn't mean to yawn in the microphone. Oh. No, you don't want to do Maddie, Matterhorn. Maddie Horn. Maddie Horn. Maddie. Maddie. That's what we're going to call it from now on. Man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, I'm really tired. All right, Get Taren. in here. Okay. Deer's up talking about the Maddie Horn. <laughs> 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 <Shut> up, <Jerry. laughs> okay, the next one is from Heather. Um, Dear Ears Up. 
I'd like to give you a little history about how I found you. About two years ago, I approached a man in the park who was wearing a, a Churro Castle shirt. The man told me he bought it online. I love Disney churros, so as soon as I got home from my vacation, I bought my, my own from Tee Public. I love the shirt so much that I only wear it when I go to the park. Wait, which one? Tee Public. Uh, Tee Public That's right Churro one. shirt. That's the right one. Tee Public. No. We haven't sold on Tee Public Fury. in a while. Two years ago. Two years ago. We were Sorry. on there for, okay. yes. Sorry. I'm with you, Taryn. Mm, go on. Thank you. No problem. Um, I love my shirt so much that I only wear it when I go to the park. I want it to last forever. <laughs> I recently decided that I needed one more shirt to wear around here in Utah, but I could not find it. I don't get to go to Disneyland very often and crave the park all the time. I'm a Disney. I'm Disney obsessed. So in order to get my fix, I'm always in search of uh, for Disneyland for Disney anything. One afternoon, I was looking for Disney ringtones for my phone and came across a podcast that had the Churro Castle as the icon. Say what? Oh. Hello, Alice. <laughs> she has something to say about yeah. this. I had no idea that I was advertising a podcast. Well, of course, I had to check you guys out. I admit it was hard to listen to at first. You guys seemed a little bit negative. That's un- that's very negative to say. Especially about things that I love about the park. Uh, here, who wants her? <laughs> Pass her that way. Pass that hot potato that way. She used that face. Where was I? Uh, you guys seemed a little negative, especially about the things that I love about the park. I love Winnie the Pooh ride, and I love that I do not have to wait in line so to get we. on that ride. Very clearly. <laughs> yeah. Just want to make that absolutely clear. I love that ride. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah. It surprises me that you guys have not seen so many great Disney films that these rides are based off of. She's talking to Jeremy when she says that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I do not believe... Skip uh, it. I do not believe that you are negative anymore. Just opinionated. Correct. You're, Thank you. <laughs> you are definitely growing on me. I can't seem to get enough. I love that you keep me informed about Disney. I love the history that you throw out about oh. different rides. Well, I you. love Taryn Stinks. At least that's <laughs> what I thought it was for a long time. Ah, <laughs> nice. Sorry. Uh, my two girls love the introdu- introduction music, but I have to say that my favorite part of the, about your show is the great and amazing Jeremy. Wow. Did Whoa. he write this? Because that's... <laughs> <laughs> I am big into music and love when he's on the show. What a great man. Wow. I'd love to meet him at Disney Run events someday. Ooh, I nice. now listen to your show and also to Spectre Radio almost on a daily basis. I look forward to more shows. Keep up the great work. Congrats on the baby. I hope you guys can see the park in a new light now. Kids make the park more magical. Your own kids. That's right. Rumor has it you have shirts on Probably. Etsy. When will you be selling your churro shirt in more women's sizes? XL is the only size available. That's tough. First of all, look at Jeremy getting some shout-outs <laughs> here. Nice pretty job, good. Jeremy. Hello, boy, Jay. What a man. It's great. And what you know you man. can get Spectro shirts on Public as well. <laughs> oh. really wanna... Nicely done. Uh, until, until these guys replenish those sizes. Uh, yeah, that's hard because it costs me like $700 when I re-up the, the shirts. And it just it it'll it takes a while to make that much money selling T-shirts. It's not a it's not a, it's not they're not moving like gangbusters. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I will I will be honest. I'm trying. I'm working with a company to try to get iron on um, mm-hmm. of the good. of the design. Yeah. So you could just iron it on your own stupid shirt, whatever you want. So that way I don't have to right, right. you know eat. I don't know what eight hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars in stock. Um, there's that. So. 
Okay. So uh, soon, hopefully. But soon, hopefully. But I don't know. Maybe a couple months. It might be a while. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Just, we should Sorry. start selling them outside of the park, like they do it at like concerts. <laughs> I thought and about yeah, it too, man. Games. I really they would have. sell too. Ten dollars. Two for fifteen. <laughs> two for fifteen. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but Jeremy, you're, you're down to run with anybody, right? You like meeting people at run events and stuff, huh? Yeah, I'm more than happy to run. Tweet at me. I'll be doing the um, Wine and Dine half marathon in November. I'm doing the Disney World half and maybe full in January. So if there's a run Disney event, I'm usually there. Tweet at me and I'll I'll say hello. Wine and Dine sounds so elegant. It sounds like you need like tails. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to run in a top hat and tails. It's morning's dress. <laughs> nice. And then you have to tip your cap at every lady you bet. Exactly. Ma'am. Morning, ma'am. 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 That's a good looking dress, ma'am. All right. This <laughs> last one is from Vince. Oh, there's one more. All there right. is one more. Hey, guys. Hi, Bev. Hi. I just got back from Disneyland and I saw something that really cut through all the drama and commercialization we have been (laughs) slogging through with Disney lately. (laughs) That was a tough one. Uh, I also hate hate the price hikes, insane crowds, the IP overload, longer lines, shorter tempers, less friendly cast members, endless Star Wars merch, blah, blah, blah. The various Disney interwebs have been hammering on all of these things lately. What I saw, though, really made me smile and remember why I am so passionate about this place. We were waiting for Paint the Night in DCA, and there is a family next to us. It was a grandfather, his son, I'm guessing, and granddaughter, who was probably 10. Mm -hmm. I could overhear the two men talking about being in the park. It seemed as though the old man had never been, ever, or in a very long time. When the parade started, the grandfather hugged his granddaughter, and they watched the parade in each other's arms. He looked amazed at the spectacle of it all. Uh, More than once, I saw him mouth the words, wow. Uh, as a new float came into view, the granddaughter danced to the music, and the old man never stopped smiling. It was awesome. I think I watched them more than the parade. Despite all our gripes, it's moments like these that show me that there is still a lot of magic in the parks. You just have to know where to look. Love and churros, Vince. P.S. For all the haters of Paint the Night, imagine the impossible task those Imagineers had to tackle when they were given the assignment. Reinvent possibly the most beloved parade in Disney history, and don't mess it up. Impossible feat, to say the least. Yeah, but then just don't reinvent it. Just bring the thing back that everybody <laughs> right. loves, and you're fine. Well, it makes your job easier. True. Uh, PSS. Uh, psst, psst. <laughs> Watching the fireworks in front of Small World instead of Main Street is totally worth it. Uh, almost no crowd, and the show is the same projections on Small World. Stop telling people that, please. <laughs> <laughs> All ten of our listeners are going to be there now. Right. <laughs> I liked that feedback. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. And to go back to the other lady who was like, oh, you know, I like you guys now, but before it was really hard to listen to. I appreciate you toughing it out. Toughing it out. That's true. Yes. Because, uh, you know, I, this show is, has always been built on personality, and I knew personality would always win over. And that's why I picked every single one of you, except our child. Because you've got Well, her personality, personality. doesn't fit. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's I've said it before. It's a show that we've crafted to be this way and to be fun. And I want it to be honest and like you're, like you're listening to friends talk about the park. Your friends have opinions. We have opinions. Uh, sometimes they're more exaggerated because it's fun. Uh, but otherwise, you know, this is just – it's real talk up here. It's a safe space for all the Disneyland. So I appreciate it. I think that's cool, and I'm glad that you, uh, that you dig on it now. So thank you for that. Nice. All right. That's it. We're done. Okay, that bye. is it. Yes. Okay. We are ready for Jeremy. All right, Jeremy. What do you think, bud? I think I want to hear my music. 
Oh my goodness! I didn't know that you were going to go to go that route. Oh. I didn't know it was a real thing. You um, don't have to. Well, no, I do. Now I do. But um, <laughs> oh man, I really you you you, you broke this whole thing. Behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music, it's Spectro time. This magic night, a million stars will play beside us, cast a spell all right and we go to jeremy now from spectroradio.us to talk to us about well i'll let him explain jeremy (laughs) (laughs) oh wow well jason thanks for throwing it over here we're going to talk about the history of illuminations which is a the nighttime spectacular at Epcot. And by the way, I really appreciate that music. I don't think I could have started this off. It, it, I would have stumbled the whole way through. I don't want that from you. No, you don't. So Illuminations, the titular Illuminations goes back to 1988. But we have to go back a bit further in order to really talk about the history of Illuminations all the way to October 1982 to a show that debuted, which is the month Epcot opened, by the way. Okay. And a new show debuted over the Lagoon, World Showcase Lagoon called Carnival de Lumiere. Mm, fancy. Sounds Carnival de Lumiere featured three floating barges displaying rear projected images, plus fountains and pyrotechnics. And it celebrated world festivals with those fountains, film, music, and other effects. But it had a shortcoming. It could only be viewed on the northern portion of the World Showcase promenade between the countries of Canada and Mexico. So at Epcot, the countries are basically situated around a, basically a circular lagoon. And this only took place on like, you know, maybe an eighth of it. So it's kind of like World of Color is you can only view it from one side of that body of water. Mm, okay. Makes sense. Carnival de Lumiere lasted only a few months until the summer of 1983 saw the debut of a New World Fantasy. New World Fantasy included some updates to the hardware of the show, including the addition of rooftop searchlights on some of the pavilions of World Showcase. This new show featured a soundtrack of classical music played on synthesizers directed by Don Dorsey. And we know Don Dorsey famously produced the Main Street Electrical Parade. So he loves those synthesizers. (laughs) <laughs> Don't we man? all? By the way, I got to tell you, the other day we were, uh, we're like, oh, let's turn on, let's turn on Spectro, man. And we're just hanging out and whatever, and you know we're listening for a couple hours, and then um, the Main Street Electrical Parade theme music comes on. Oh, so good. Yeah, and it 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 stays on, and it stays on, and it, and I swear, like eight to ten minutes go by, and it's whatever it is, and I look at Taryn like. God, this song is so long. <laughs> it goes on and on. It never stops. It never stops. It's so repetitive. <laughs> it is. But it's so nice, too. Yeah. Yeah. So so that wasn't Terrence who posted that? No, that was me. Oh, okay. That <laughs> was me. Because it, you can tell it was me because it was funny. Wow. <laughs> and, and angry. Rude. It wasn't yeah. angry. It was like just curmudgeonly. It, it was curmudgeonly for sure. It's like, oh my God, this why is this still on? It's beating my brain up. <laughs> well, it's the soundtrack. So if you think about it, I think the Main Street Electrical Parade took somewhere between 18 and 24 minutes to go past you. Yeah. If you're, if you're sitting in one place. So. Yeah. I, I think the theme was like 15 minutes long, the theme song. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. I'm just, uh, just, anyway, I, I apologize for derailing. Please continue. The Tokyo version, Dream Lights, 
is actually, I think it's 26 or 28 minutes long. So buckle up when that one comes on. (laughs) (laughs) So New World Fantasy contained four sections, a fanfare and then act one, which was called Celebrations on Land and featured the pieces Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and Piano Concerto Number no. 1, as well as a few others. Act 2 was titled Spectacles on Water and featured such tracks as The Pines of Rome and The Beautiful Blue Danube. And Act 3, which was a finale, was called Revelries and Pyrotechnics, which featured Mazorksky's Great Gate of Kiev and pictures at an exhibition, Stravinsky's Firebird Suite, and ended with Tchaikovsky's 1812 Festival Overture. Take a listen to some of Don Dorsey's synthesized classical score to Epcot's New World Fantasy, number one. Dab into the 1812 Overture. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. Dab all you want. <laughs> you wa- Jason, you once described the music at Disney World as endearingly annoying. I would say that's pretty accurate. Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dab all you want. <laughs> it's not going to bother me. <laughs> Uh, yes, endearingly <laughs> annoying. Yeah, that sounds about right. Man, we're only on track one. Uh, <laughs> Buckle up when you hear this show come around. Um, New World Fantasy lasted not quite a year when on June 9th, 1984, Epcot Center debuted a new show. This was called Laserphonic Fantasy. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good name. <laughs> This show was notable because it could now finally be viewed all around World Showcase in its entirety. Um, It used the same soundtrack as its predecessor, New World Fantasy, that you just heard, but it was choreographed to entirely new visuals, fountains, lasers, and lights around the whole of the lagoon. Laser Phonic Fantasy was also notable as the first use of laser graphics projected onto a water droplet screen. Laser Phonic Fantasy lasted four years. Until January 30th, 1988, saw the debut of Epcot's groundbreaking new show, Illuminations, carrying the sponsorship of General Electric and featuring all new show hardware. Most notably, a central laser barge topped with a sphere that included internal lasers for rear projections on its surface, as well as externally facing facing lasers and searchlights. GE sponsorship lent many changes to the actual World Showcase countries themselves as well. The nine original pavilions saw the addition of colored show lighting, edge lighting, and animated show lighting on building roofs. The audio was based on Laserphonic Fantasy, but this time the soundtrack was fully orchestrated and was recorded by the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, featuring music arranged by Don Dorsey, Steve Scarigia, and Bruce Healy, who we know from his work on Fantasmic. Take a listen to some of the opening of the original Illuminations, number two. 
Ask as your passport, we'll discover sights and sounds from colorful ports of call. And to celebrate our journey, the countries will be united by the festive elements of water, fire, and light. And now, let your imagination be your guide as Epcot Center proudly presents Illuminations. That sounds pretty good. It was great. Yeah. I still get chills like I, listening to that. I got goosebumps listening to that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I really did. Yeah. And when it really builds um, is when the first time that evening at Epcot that they would turn all the lights on all the countries on. So basically you're looking out kind of at a sea of darkness. And then when that it, when it when it changes over at that middle part, mm-hmm. suddenly everything's illuminated. And so here's a little personal story. That's the first thing I ever experienced at any Disney park in my life. Because when we oh. first, when I was a kid and we got to Disney, we landed at night. My dad's like, hey, there's a laser show at Epcot. Do you want to go? And I'm like, okay. So we got there like a half an hour before it started. It's dark. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, whoa, what's this? You had a so. deep voice for uh, being however old you were. <laughs> <laughs> Deeper than it. Yeah. I whoa, what's verse. this? What's this, father? Dude. By the way, I need a new diaper. <laughs> <laughs> also, sh- uh, sh- shave me. My sideburns are too long. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that's cool. I mean, it has some personal uh, story for you. I like that, Jeremy. Oh, God. We lost He's him. gone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you thought this was going to be short? I can't take any more. I got to knock out the anecdotes. Yeah. The theme of Illuminations was international travel. In order to set the stage for our journey. <laughs> Please do that for the rest of the show. The first act features laser images of different modes of transportation and iconic sites from around the world projected onto the fountains and water screens to set, set to a montage of music featuring Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, Rimsky-Korsakov's Flight of the Bumblebee, the Zampa Overture, Bach's Italian Concerto Movement Number no. 3, and Rossini's William Tell Overture Number no. 3. Give me box And with that, we begin Act 2. Act 2 has us visiting the various ports of call that World Showcase has to offer, as the show highlights each of the individual World Showcase countries one at a time with a short lighting feature set to music from each country. Scheherazade represented Morocco. The Infernal Gallop from Jacques Offenbach's Orpheus in the Underworld takes us to France. 
Days of Emancipation provides the music to our stop in China. Rule Britannia takes us to the United Kingdom, while Johann Strauss's Tales of the Vienna Woods is our musical backdrop in Germany. Sakura is our music in Japan. Mexico is celebrated by Espana Cani. A traditional French-Canadian jig brings us to Canada. And we hear Denza's Funiculi Funicula as we stop in Italy. And in the United States, we, of course, hear George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue to finish out the second act. Act. Take a listen to some of the pieces that take us around World Showcase. Number four. Waiting for the Espana Kanye one. Which one was that one? Espana Kanye. <laughs> Phones are hammers, people. <laughs> oh. oh man, your boy. I can't run with that guy in 2020 now. I can't be the VP. No, he lost That's his too mind. Bad. That's too Sorry. bad. All right, Jeremy, continue on, please. That brings us to Act Three, which is a robust finale that combines the elements of this global tour with a dazzling pyrotechnic display on and above the World Showcase Lagoon and features the festive music of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Stravinsky's Firebird Suite, Mahler's Titan Symphony, and Tchaikovsky's 1812 Festival Overture, among others. Number five. The 1812 overture is like a standard, a gold standard in fireworks. Yes, everywhere absolutely. you go. I mean, it's just—I was going to say it's so classical, but <laughs> like literally, yeah. God, it's so classical. <laughs> it's like totally written like 200 years ago. <laughs> or something. Uh. It's vintage. It's vintage music. Everybody. It's so 1600s. Uh, go ahead, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, if you need a finale, look no further. <laughs> like right. Tchaikovsky's got you covered. Can dab all you want with it. <laughs> Curtsy and then dab. As I mentioned earlier, the show was sponsored by General Electric. Now, back in the 1980s, you might remember GE's theme song was We Bring, Bring good, good Things, things to, to life. life. Take a listen, number six. Oh, number six. Okay, here we go. GE. GE. 
minute you said GE, that that theme song popped into my head. I watch a lot of TV. As a that was boy. my babysitter. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Someone has to kill the babysitter. Oh, such a good movie. <laughs> Go ahead, please. <laughs> So following each performance of Illuminations, guests were treated to exit music as they left the park. This exit music used a combination of the tunes It's a Small World and also GE's We Bring Good Things to Life theme oh. and adapted them using various international musical styles. Number seven. I can't wait for this. I'm actually like really happy about it. <laughs> camera <laughs> uh, right. uh, i like it that got funky man i listened to it yeah, you did i would i like it yeah i think the interesting thing is that like w- that is like really blatant branding being yes. blasted into the park and i feel like today people would have a meltdown oh for sure it's not what <laughs> like, walt would have wanted right <laughs> walt wouldn't have wanted it did you see the monsanto <laughs> tomorrow or whatever <laughs> Right. True. He didn't want any Hall corporate. of aluminum <laughs> presented by Real Trap. Yeah. <laughs> I love Real Trap. <laughs> go, go ahead, Jack. The first version of Illuminations used 13 special effects projectors, which could change the appearance of each pavilion. So in part of the show, the U.S., um, the American pavilion looked like the U.S. Capitol, and they made the Germany pavilion look like a gingerbread house and so on and so on. Um, it also incorporated six lasers, 11 giant searchlights, 12 wire mesh grids, 108 nozzles, which created the fountains, 783 fireworks pieces, 550 theatrical lights, 680 strobe lights, and five miles of building outlining edge lighting like that on Main Street USA. Miles. <laughs> miles. When Illuminations was first performed, it was described as a nighttime spectacle that captured the glitter of Times Square, the fantasy of Paris at night, and the splendor of Piccadilly in an international music and light show. The final performance of of the original Illuminations took place on September 20th, 1996. Because on September 21st, 1996, a new version titled Illuminations 25 debuted This version was created to be part of the 25th anniversary celebration of the Walt Disney World Resort. The theme for the entire resort was a party. Hence, over at the Magic Kingdom, you may have seen some photos of a cake that look of a castle that looks like a big birthday cake. Yes. Oh, it's awful. That was part of this. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. So bad. The tagline to the celebration was "Remember the magic." The new theme of Illuminations was now all about celebrating, and this was, of course, reflected in a new score. Out was the classical score that swept us around in an audio-visual tour of the Countries of World Showcase, and in was a new high-energy score. The show initially starts off with the Remember the Magic theme of the 25th anniversary, which was composed by Ira Antelis and Cheryl Berman. That is followed by greetings from each of the countries of World Showcase in their native language, welcoming us to the worldwide family to celebrate together over the Remember the Magic theme. Number eight. 
my country, please welcome our guest of honor from Canada. And from Europe, diamo il benvenuto ai membri della nostra famiglia italiana. From the land of my birth, veuillez accueillir nos familles françaises. And from Africa, nawadu an nurahiba min fadlikum bidiyufi sharaf min balad al maghrib. The land of the rising sun. And from my wonderful land, acompáñenme en darles la bienvenida a nuestra familia de México. And to all of our family members who have traveled here from around the United States, welcome. It's fine. I didn't hate it. It's fine. It was, it was a thing. I had to work too hard to figure out what country it was from. Yeah. Hmm. I love it. And here's a fun fact. Tell me. They used actual visiting cast members from each of the show, World Showcase countries to record those greetings. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. They all sounded very professional, like very professional voiceover actor. They had clear, they projected very well. Well, you get a good enough mic, you can do anything. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Illuminations 25 was composed and orchestrated by Gregory Smith. Gregory Smith is no stranger to Disney at all, having arranged and conducted the Disneyland Nighttime Spectacular's Magical, Remember Dreams Come True, which is part of the Disneyland 50th anniversary, and Holiday Wishes at the Magic Kingdom, as well as Tokyo Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade Dreamlights, among countless others. That takes us to Act One, a worldwide celebration which is comprised of three parts. Part one was called Mescleta, which is a calypso. Part two was called International Fantasy. And part three wraps up with a reprise of the Mescleta theme, number nine. Illuminations 25. Juicy bass slide. You hear that? be honest whenever i hear like calypso music like that i always think of romancing the stone man i haven't seen that movie in forever when they go to Cartagena. yeah never seen it well i of course that's like saying the sun is hot <laughs> this version of illuminations <laughs> differs from its predecessor also because it goes from 0 to 60 right away. There is no buildup for the pyrotechnics. World Showcase is flooded with fireworks straight away to match the upbeat worldwide celebration music. Act 2 shifts in tone and celebrates Epcot's spirit of discovery. 
the pyrotechnics go away for a bit and we see images representing science and discovery projected onto water screens on the lagoon. The music for Act 2 is the Discovery Suite, also orchestrated and composed by Gregory Smith, and incorporates Epcot's original We've Just Begun to Dream fanfare, written by Steve Scarigia and Jack Eskew, and arranged here by Gregory Smith. Number 10. Very sweeping, man. They they love the sweeping uh, orchestral maneuver, Johns. They do. So, like, I'm on board up to here, right? We've got okay. a worldwide celebration music, yeah. the Discovery Suite. It's a nod to Future World. Great, I'm in. Yeah. Then Act Three comes, <laughs> and this is the finale. Oh, this is where it gets a little weird. Okay. Well, we like weird, so we do. Check out how we're introduced to Act Three, number eleven. As we come together to celebrate Walt Disney World's 25th anniversary, let us remember not just the past, but the present, this very moment, as we stand side by side, young and old, as one. After all, this is really a festival of friendship, a celebration of family, a circle of life. Okay, a couple things. How do you remember the present? (laughs) <laughs> the very the very fact that you're remembering it means that it's it's not now. When will now be now? Then. <laughs> when? You just missed it. Just, just now. now. I'm surrounded by... Never mind. We'll see the rest of that. Jeremy hasn't listened to it. He hasn't seen Spaceballs seen um, before, yeah. Y- y- that's, that's what stuck out in my mind. But what, are, what did you not like? I, I take it you didn't like it. Well, so it's going to take us into something else. My thing is you shouldn't have to explain what's happening in the show. Like if okay. it's if it's so awkward that you have to crowbar in like here we are standing in a circle and then like make the three connections to circle of life which is what we're about to hear okay that's a problem we should it, the story should tell itself without this narrator jumping in Agreed. so that takes us into a version of circle of life performed by the Florida Mass Choir number 12 Love that time signature. They, uh, it was slowed down. It actually was kind of neat. It's not bad. I just feel like that's the finale, 
at Epcot. It doesn't feel like a finale. It doesn't. definitely feels like a like a like a segue song, like a bridge song somewhere. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's circle of life at Epcot. I don't get like it's it doesn't feel like a finale, and it doesn't feel like Epcot. Well, it's Epcot, it's the circle of life. Well, Epcot is a circle, so they got real literal with it. Oh. And living people are there, so it that. makes me so angry. <laughs> Give me Tchaikovsky. That's a finale. That's right. Oh, yes. PT. Illuminations Peter 25 Ilyich. only lasted eight months before Disney reconfigured the show into what became unofficially known as Illuminations 25B. <laughs> <laughs> this version of the show began on May 19th, 1997 and continued until January 31st, 1998. Illuminations 25B began much the same as Illuminations 25 did with the same welcome from each of the countries um, around the world, welcoming you in their native language. The difference in this show was the original sound that soundtrack you just heard was scrapped and Illuminations returned to a classical score, more reminiscent of the original show. But also an old friend of ours is on the scene, the diligent, the inventive, the visionary, the diplomatic. <laughs> oh, God. The well quaffed John, John Devney. Devney. The well quaffed. I love that. John Devney not only arranges all the various classical pieces we hear in the show, but he also writes an original piece called Illuminations Fanfare that leads off the show. Number 13. an intro yeah thank you devney it sounded royal <laughs> i mean that could have even been a, a the finale yeah it I mean, was that was really good pretty good I'm not gonna lie that about grabbed it. your attention yeah it did after devney's sparkling fanfare heralds the start of the show act one begins this act entitled world showcase uses various pieces of music that each reflect different nations such as d meister singer overture by richard wagner barbara of seville overture by rossini and hoedown by aaron copeland among others number 14 So far, it's much better, I'll tell you that. I think it's good. While these tracks each suggest various nations, the difference is we don't have that deliberate individual highlighting of each country as we did in the original. And the focus remains less on the actual countries and more on the dancing fountains, lights, and pyrotechnics. So this version's a little more abstract and merely suggests the different countries. Hmm. Okay. Act, 
Act two, entitled Future World, stretches our imaginations even further as it continues to use classical music to nod to Future World. So this portion, yeah. Like, it's not so obvious. Like, before, they literally had to hold your hand and tell you everything that's happening. Now they're, right. like, just throwing it, like, just figure it out. Okay. That, yeah, this, I don't like that either. <laughs> this portion uses such pieces as Sansa's The Aquarium from Carnival of the Animals, Hornpipe from Handel's Water Music Suite, Hulse, Jupiter, the Bringer of Jollity from the Planet Suite, and Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Ode to Joy, among others. Number 15. about this segment, Jeremy, just to interrupt you for the hundredth time today, sure. um, is that I would never would really have, have concentrated on these little segments had you had if you hadn't broken them down, right? And so I appreciate that a lot because you're standing there and you're 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 kind of visually overstimulated, um, you know. And then the in my mind, the music in, in the fireworks and stuff in the show, the music is secondary for me because I'm just I'm I'm looking at what's happening. I right. like fire and explosions and right. I like stuff like that. Um, but having the the music extracted and kind of broken down helps you kind of realize that there's. Much more going on. It's a lot of depth to it, and yeah. a lot of work put in. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, we'll push play on the old CD player and <laughs> right. hope for the best. Well, uh, you pick up on something really important because it, it, it's true. Like the way he, they just—they didn't just randomly pick a bunch of classical music and throw it out there against against pyrotechnics they said like so if you think about the pieces that are in the future world section they don't necessarily feel futuristic but it's jupiter from the planet suite so that's that relates back to space and then the aquarium which re um which relates back to the living seas so that it is it's there but it's a lot more subtle and until you see it like i i to be honest with you, i never realized it until i was reading this i'm like oh yeah that that makes sense but I don't it's know who, hard to pick up on that. Yeah, well, I don't know who would. Like, you know, I wonder how many people, probably like, uh, you know, uh, James Bond, right? Yes, yes. I, I yeah, wonder if he, he would, like, stand there and be like, oh, hey, this is uh, Saturn or Jupiter from the space friend suite or whatever it is. Right. You know, like, uh, how many people are actually, like, hearing these things? I always imagine Jeremy can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, were you at the 100 show? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you... <laughs> That's true, Jimmy. That. Jimmy Fair and uh, yeah. yeah, Jimmy and Nick kind of yeah. destroyed you. I forgot about that. But I'm sure Jimmy and Nick probably are like we knew this. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't, bro? I could tell. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, please. The exit music again salutes the sponsorship of GE with an arrangement of the company's "We Bring Good Things to Life" theme that employs various international influences, but this time without "Small World" number sixteen. Dancing the Stone. 
heard it in there. I yeah. picked it up on it. Yeah. On February 1st, 1998, with the end of the 20th anniversary celebrations, the show's name dropped the 25 and was once again titled simply Illuminations. The new classical soundtrack remained, but all references to the 25th anniversary celebration were removed. This version, often referred to as Illuminations 98, remained until September 21st, 1999, when Walt Disney World launched its historic Millennium Celebration, and with it unveiled Illuminations uh, Illuminations 2000, Reflections of Earth. This version of Illuminations, which runs... To this day, it features a brand new original score by Gavin Greenaway and tells the story of our planet from the beginning of the universe to today. Number 17. You were going to say Illuminations 2000, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, let me ask you a question. You may not know the answer to this, but what's the square root of fourth? No, um, <clears throat> what um, <laughs> you said this is for two thousand. Were they work? Obviously, they hadn't been working on this before uh, the other stuff was changed, right? Or, or what? Do you know the timeline on on how long it takes to redo the music for these? They well, if you listen back to my Millennium Celebration show, <laughs> I get into that, but I'll tell you. Uh, they started conceptualizing the Millennium Celebration in 1996. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Um, but it took it, – Greenway didn't take four years to write it because if you remember, um, originally they were going to have a different composer work on it and they couldn't get um, – it was uh, – oh, God, what's his name? It's escaping me now, but they couldn't get him to show up. And so finally they had to give it to Gavin Greenaway and they said, quick, write something. And he <laughs> came up. So so the the actual the concept for the whole show was four years, well, almost four years in the making. But the music they wrote, he wrote that in about a month. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The first demo CD uh, that Don Dorsey received from Greenaway, he got, he got in about a month. And of course, they you know had to finesse it and make changes. But sure. first draft, one month. Well, and then for the for the twenty fifth, they you know you said eight months in they redid it. Did they know it was going? Did they redo it because it's going south? First of all, and then if yes, if you check yes, then what, what point did they realize it was going south? And how long did they work on that? These are the questions that that I would want to know. So I don't know how long it took to rejig it, but from what I read. Um, the reason that they got rid of it because they changed over illuminations 25 before the 25th anniversary was over mm-hmm. to the, to the, they went back to the classical score. And yeah. what I was able to read was that it was because people didn't like the new version and they got a lot of negative feedback about it. And so they said, well, quick, let's put something together. And they, I guess they called on Debney. Now I don't know if that's confirmed, but the, I did read that. And yeah, it well, makes sense because why else would you change the show like halfway through the celebration? Right, because how much money have you already poured into using that soundtrack? 
and right. for the 25th celebration, so it's not going to be forever, so who right. cares? But apparently people must have been really upset. But that's, I don't know, that would be interesting to like find out like how fast did Debney put that together. Yeah. And yeah. it sounds amazing. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, it, it would. It's a good question. I mean, I would. Ima- my guess is that it probably takes less time to arrange a piece that's already written yeah. than it does to write a piece mm. first. That's definitely true. So yeah. he at least, at least a lot of the work was done. He just had to make sure it was on the same key and whatever. He's like, it's um, easy. So okay, thank you very much, Jeremy. You got it. Go ahead, please. Through the years, there have been various versions of the show to reflect different times of the year. Before the arrival of Illuminations Reflections of Earth, during the Christmas period, Illuminations became Holiday Illuminations and featured entire score of Christmas audio, number 18. one in the middle there with the kids speaking in tongues. Yeah, they're singing about Hanukkah. <laughs> that was no. Jack, that was Lady Smith, Black Bombazo. Deck the Halls, wasn't it? No. no. Deck the Halls, homie? Uh, Deck the Halls was the last piece you just heard, but oh. in the middle was a song about Hanukkah. Okay. What was it, Terrence? Uh, Lady Smith, Black Bombazo. You've never heard of them before? <laughs> no. Sure. I have. Yes. I listen have. to Paul Simon's Graceland. No, they're son- all over that album. They are also part of the area music of the African Outpost section of Epcot's African Outpost. They're amazing. <laughs> a completely acapella African band. They're amazing. Anyway, go on. Yeah, they are really good. Additionally, Illuminations During the Holidays has a Peace on Earth tag featuring voices from each World Showcase country wishing peace on Earth, goodwill to men in their native language, and until very recently also featured the voice of the venerable American newscaster, Walter Cronkite, number 19. (laughs) During this glorious time of year, there is one message that rings out around the world in every language. Peace on earth, goodwill to men, is a wish to hold in our hearts throughout each passing year. And so our holiday wish is that everyone, everywhere, share in the spirit of the season. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> Good night. A pleasant tomorrow. That guy's voice is unbelievable. It when really I hear is. him, yeah. it's like I get choked up. New Year's Eve is one of the most popular days of the year at Epcot, and through the years, there have been a couple versions of their New Year's Eve countdown. This one from 1994 lasted until 1998 and used the original Epcot theme, We've Just Begun to Dream, number 20. We hope that you have enjoyed this evening's performance of Illuminations. And now, Epcot Center and GE Lighting would like to present a special finale to ring in the new year.
of all, slowest count <laughs> in the entire a, history of the world. They dragged that. <laughs> that song is in like 24 BPM. Like, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The actual p- the track off actually comes down from 10, but I was like, I got to cut oh this down God. a bit. We're going to be here <laughs> An all night. An hour later, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, let's just start at 5. And can you imagine? Uh, not can you imagine? The, I think one of the greatest sounds of all time is synth drums. Please listen to this, man. Come on. We hope that you have enjoyed this evening's performance of Bill Collins. There we go. And now, Epcot Center and GE Lighting would like to present a special finale to ring the new year. Here the Roto Toms are amazing. And, for, and what's a finale? <laughs> finale. <laughs> it's a bougie finale. Oh, when my family invented that word in the 14th century, <laughs> we called it finale. <laughs> then Tony Hawk stole it to create the Ollie. It was weird. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Really? <sighs> no, Tony Hawk didn't steal the word. Uh, go ahead, Jeremy, please. <laughs> All right, we're coming to the end. <laughs> With the arrival of Reflections of Earth, a new New Year's Eve tag was developed that recalls the pavilion chase portion of the original Illumination show, highlighting each World Showcase country and even reuses some of that original soundtrack. In this version, Epcot counts down to midnight by highlighting when the countries of World Showcase each, shall, each celebrated their new year oh. that day and then finishes with a grand celebration for Canada, Mexico, and the United States at midnight Eastern time, number 21. That's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they execute it well. <laughs> <laughs> Many of our World Showcase friends have already greeted the new year. At 10 a.m. this morning, 2015 reached the country of Japan. And one hour later, China celebrated the new year. ago, our friends in Morocco and the United Kingdom shouted a rousing cheer. All my Moroccans in the house say whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. No. Walnut, those are maracas. That's what I meant. They use maracas. Maracas. <laughs> We're like what? the thing. Maracas. Like the thing that you like the. What are they called? The the casta the, the castanets. Yeah, yeah, the castanets don't even maracas. Or castanets. Oh, She's gosh. like doing the clicky thing. Like she has castanets. And she goes, "Are these maracas?" <laughs> no, I didn't. I I said, "Do they use maracas?" No, you said, "Are these maracas?" I did not say. Beverly, I'm thinks. aware that maracas. <laughs> Let you. Jeremy finish this, yes. please. Sorry, Jeremy. Before we fire Beverly. <clears throat> the end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh. So do they do something new every uh, New Year's Eve or not? Doesn't sound like it. No, that's pretty much that's pretty okay. much their jam. So. I, I like that they, they give the times. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's cool. I really want to experience it sometime. You haven't done it yet? No. Oh bro. 
even mm-hmm. I've spent it's, New Year's. It, it's one of those days where like the park reaches capacity at 10 a.m. And if you leave, you're not getting back in. Yeah, I couldn't do that. That's true. I you know, do that. there's no way. I was going to say I celebrated New Year's Eve in Disneyland, but I didn't. It was in Trader Sam's. It's just better. <laughs> yeah, that's when I almost got into a fight. Apparently. Oh yeah, the dude. Oh, yeah, the dude. Yeah. Called oh, me a jerk. Right. Can we share? Can we just share a table? Yeah. No. No, homie. You're a D. You're you're one of those two. You want to come outside and tell me what? No. I just told you inside. Why do I have to say it again? <laughs> Wait a minute. You're like six five. What was yeah. this guy thinking? He's pretty tall too, and I don't think oh. that he knew how tall I was. I always imagine myself if I ever have to get into some physical altercation, which I don't want to do because it's always better to be a smartass about it than to actually yeah. fight somebody. No, because I've almost got beat about that too. But anyway, um, that like if I'm sitting down and someone's trying to like intimidate me, I just stand up. I imagine that scene from Police Academy where Hightower gets yes. up out of the car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after he's like you know uh, whatever. Yeah. The dude just cowers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I imagine. But I'm not that physically imposing because yeah, I'm very weak and it doesn't work for me. <laughs> like I stand up and they're like, "Are you done standing up yet?" <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm on my tiptoes. What are you doing? <laughs> well, Jeremy, I thought that was very good, my friend. Um, I liked. I think we saw that. I can't remember. It's been so long since we've been there. Um, but I, I like the shows in Epcot. Um, I think they always did a really good job, man. I think that they were honestly better than the shows at Disneyland, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good. It is. It's it's one of those. I can't I can't go down there and, and miss it. When are you so. uh, coming into the studio? That's a rumor that's happening. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that. I would be there for this one. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize how close it was to Memorial Day. So we got to yeah. figure this out soon. OK. All right. Well, hey, we have the dates in the calendar. So check those things. And I will. Um, you know. I will. I will be in California before, at least, uh, probably before August, so okay. we can have this happen in the next it's two months. SoCal? What's that? SoCal? Disneyland? Both. He's talking about coming to, up and doing a show. I have to come show. up to San Fran, actually. You are going yes. to... Okay, okay, hold on. Let's stop real quick. Thank you. You cannot Harris. call it San Fran, by yeah. the way. Um, you, can, you can't call it San Fran. Or Frisco. You can't call it Frisco. It's either San Francisco, the Bay Area, or the city. Or the That's city. it. That's all you can call it. I, I'm trying to area. help you out. I don't want you to get punched in the face if you're like, yeah, let's go over to San Fran for a beer. And like all of a sudden, someone runs out of, out of nowhere <laughs> and stops Terrence. me in the jaw. It would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've said San Fran before, but I've never said Frisco. And that's the one that I, I hate think. it. Oh. That's the one. And everyone gets weird about it. But just so you know, it's the city. It's the city or okay. the Bay. Just call it the bay. Be no, because no, 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 no. Hold on. Don't call it the bay because you're not going into the bay. I'm going to think you're talking literally. It's like people who, well, I don't want to, oh God, I don't want to offend anybody. But when they say I'm going to Disney, where are you going? Like for me, I go, where are you going? I don't understand. If they say they're going to Disney, they're going to Disney World. Well, I know that now, but like it's still confusing for me. I have to like pause and think about it. Just say Disney World. Why don't you say Disney World, Jeremy? Why is it? Because if we say Disneyland, we don't say Disney World or we don't I, say Disney. I don't know what I say. You say Disney. I think it, I say Disney. Yeah, it's an East Coast yeah. thing, and I'm not, you know, I'm not like saying that anyone's right or wrong. I just, I've just always been curious about. He's that. just saying that he's right. Uh, it's know, the same reason why you guys call, I guess, San Francisco the city. Like it's the, the only city. It's no, it's not the only one. Just the best one. It's the city to avoid at all costs. A- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. Disagree. It's a city to not live in, but live close enough. You can go there. What do you want to? 
this yeah, don't avoid but it. then you never want to <laughs> Mazel. are you tripping how do you not want to go to san francisco <laughs> look we'll talk on the secret sorry. show about sorry. why you don't want to go to san francisco sorry. sorry okay um all right jeremy thank you very much i look forward to seeing you in person in our very warm studio i can't wait <laughs> all right homie we'll see you okay have all a right. good night bye all right. Mazel. Bye. uh all right we're gonna do some disney news y'all the past, present, and future My with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Years Up Disney News. Uh, and actually, I meant to load all of this now, but I couldn't before because I don't know how. A lot of these websites, it's my thing that I gripe about all the time, the autoplay on the websites and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's just super annoying and, you know, it, whatever. It's going to take me a little bit. I apologize about that. I think Taryn had to leave to... Uh, Deal with the um, the baby, the, the baby, tiny, yeah, the tiny human, yeah, which is fine. You know, whatever. Actually, here I got an email. Let me read this email. This better not be another one of those. Yeah, go on forever saying that you and Taryn are having another baby. Emails is that one of those? Bro, okay, I'm just making sure. No, son. <laughs> I don't like how you say it like that. No, son. No. No, this is actually about – so what I love – and this is an unsolicited ad for Getaway Today. But they sent me an email yesterday, two days ago, uh, reminding me about Mickey's Halloween party and the Halloween stuff that's happening. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I had no – because I've always wanted to do this exact thing. Tell our listeners in advance enough so that they can plan for the thing. Okay? Right. So it's September 7th through October 31st. Uh, Mickey's Halloween party is September 19th, 21st, 24th, 26th, and 28th, October. You, you look it up. It's fine. Uh, party tickets go on sale June 5th for annual pass holders and Disney Visa card holders, which is weird, and on June 12th for all y'all else. The party – I wrote that. They didn't, right? Uh, the party tickets are only available through Disney directly, but the good news is that um, blah, 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 blah. So they have uh, packages. So if you order your adult's – uh, if you order tickets in September, you can get adult tickets at kids' prices. So you save 19 bucks a ticket, up to 19 bucks a nice. ticket. Okay. Um, if you order in October and you book five days, your fifth day you get free park hopper tickets. Nice. You get a free park hopper upgrade. That's not bad. Right? Uh, extra night free specials at select hotels through September, October. And uh, layaway plans, you throw 20, 125 bucks down. And you just lay away now. That's cool. I think because I, I'm, I, like I have that. a hard time saving. So anyway, um, if you want to check that out, go to their site. Go to our site, getawaytoday.com slash years up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, sorry. I just thought it was cool news. That's good. I like it. Um, alcohol at Disney World will now be served at all restaurants in the Magic Kingdom for the first time. Wow. <laughs> Disney World, everybody just, you know, realize. But uh, new liquor menus available at the Plaza Restaurant, the Crystal Palace, the Diamond Horseshoe. Um, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big event for those people on the East Coast. According uh, to uh, this post somewhere, each restaurant has a range of drinks selected to complement its menu. At the Plaza Restaurant, guests will be able to choose from a selection of American beer and wine. Hello, would you like to choose from our selection of American beer and wine? <laughs> Including beverages such as Regional Craft India Pale Ale. Oh, jeez. The Crystal Palace will offer sparkling <laughs> wine, mimosas with breakfast with wines such as Pinot Noir and Chardonnay to pair selections from the lunch and dinner buffets. 
And the Diamond Horseshoe, which is the Golden Horseshoe's right. equivalent, folks will be able to chow down and get their drink on with classic American beers and wines, like a traditional lager-style beer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Uh, this doesn't sound good so far. No, but, hey, man, at least there's beer in it and people are into that, so that's cool. That's true. Um, here's something we've talked about. Now, remember our friend Matt? Um, he worked in figure finishing yeah, several years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, several years ago. But anyways, uh, he was talking about, I think it was him, mentioned that his like favorite character in the Disney universe was Monkey Island. Yeah. That game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Disney, uh, Monkey Island fans are begging Disney to sell the rights back to its creator. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because that's our weird kind of tie-in. Right. Um, the Monkey Island is probably one of the most important landmarks in gaming history. For the millions who played it, it not only confirmed that games could become an art form, but they could also be very funny. Um, anyway, they want to apparently revamp the game, but Disney owns it and they don't want anything to do with it. So now the people who want... And that's kind of a thing now in gaming. They're, they're, they're re-releasing games. They're kind of pumping them up and whatever. Right. Um, even even kind of modern games, like The Last of Us came out several years ago. Okay, okay. Awesome game. One of the first games I've ever completed, like story wise. Oh, They're nice. just they kind of re you know beefed it up and then right. re released it and people bought it, which I don't understand. You're paying for same content. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. In 2016, Monkey Island co-founder Ron Gilbert asked Disney on Twitter for the chance to buy the Monkey Island and, and Mansion Mansion IPs, adding he'll pay real actual money for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Disney didn't say anything, of course. Um, but there's a petition online, and it's over a year old, but it's picking up momentum, apparently, and huh. it has over 12,000 signatures. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty cool. Uh, it says, for starters, petitions seldom do much. But regardless, some argued that they'd simply confirm to Disney that there is life and value in the Monkey Island franchise. Iron Man was a second-rate Marvel character that they ignored for years, mm -hmm. and they've subsequently made so much money from that. Monkey Island is an excellent storyline and, and world, and Disney will happily ignore it until Pirates of the Caribbean is forgotten that they will find the right treatment and throw some celebrities in there and make a bunch of money. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Good luck with the uh, Monkey Island fans out there. You know what I'm trying to say? Here we go. This is very important, Terrence. Opening season has just been announced for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Really? It will open summer 2019 at the Disneyland Resort. And in late fall 2019 at Walt Disney World Resort or Disney. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, blah, 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 sneak peek, whatever. So just so you all know, you got about a year, about a year. or so <sighs> to get in all the time you can at the parks because there's no way yeah, four, you're going to even yeah. get in there. Yeah, four years before you can actually go to the parks again. Yeah. Uh, here's a cool story um, that you know I thought was... Uh, was fun to read about. It's a weird title. Walt Disney World's Blanketeers. So, for the common good. Okay. It's the S-E-W. Yeah, yeah. Um, a few Disney World employees decided a long time ago to use their talents for charity. Uh, 2007. That was a long time ago. Following an initiative started by their Walt Disney Company colleagues at Disneyland. Apparently, this is a West Coast original thing. Mm -hmm. uh, what they do is they knit hats uh, for preemies oh, nice. in incubators at hospitals. Nice. They handmade dog beds for the pets in animal shelters waiting to be adopted or, I guess, or the other. Or waiting to be adopted for longer. Yes, yeah. go on. By God. Uh, they crafted hats to comfort 
cancer patient, the knitters grew by word of mouth to include about 80 people. Wow. And they call themselves the Blanketeers. Some Blanketeers take lunch breaks together every week to knit. Others squeeze in whenever there's a spare moment at home. Um, apparently, there's a zookeeper at Animal Kingdom who works 10-hour shifts and then goes home and takes care of her two kids and then finds time to knit. I love that. I love this story. She braids a dog toy made out of donated company employee t-shirts with outdated logos. (laughs) That's pretty cool, man. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, At a a company that's the largest employer in Orange County, unsurprisingly, the Blanketeers excelled at mass producing in 2017. They crafted 8,500 items. Wow. That were shipped mostly to Central Florida charities. Pulse nightclub shooting victims and first responders received quilts with hearts from the group. In December, a shipment of several hundred little hats arrived for babies in the intensive care nursery, said Linda Sutherland, executive director of Healthy Start Coalition of Orange County. Nice. Many of the moms from low-income backgrounds don't have much family support, which is why the Blanketeers gift means so much. The moms are just tickled to get something (laughs) like that. Sutherland said something homemade signifies love and caring for them. That's kind of cool. And I wonder if there's a way to like reach out to, you know, if you have, I don't know, yarn or stuff right, to donate. Right. I'm sure there's a there way has to, to do be it. something I, on I, there. You know, yeah. If I was a better radio producer, I would have uh, I would have looked all that stuff up. No, that's amazing, though. I love that. Yeah, I, I like it. Here's here's something that uh, is kind of right up our alley. Disney's human scale stick man robot can do backflips. Now, there's a video. Oh. Uh, it's on The Verge, the website. And it's, like, it's a GIF. But if you just look up Disney Stickman, literally Stickman, right. it's this robot that looks like a big giant like bass clarinet or whatever, okay. and it bends at the waist, and it's on a a, 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 a cable, right. and it swings like on a trapeze, and then it just does like three backflips, and then lands, you know, crashes on the ground. Uh, but it's a robot that does backflips. I'm telling you, man, Skynet. I'm telling <laughs> you, dude, they're going to take over. Uh, just as certain human inventions take after nature, like body armor, it seems as if robots can take after humans doing a full backflip maneuver. Stickman swings from a ceiling-mounted wire 19 feet above the ground, tucks into a ball at peak height, and executes the stunt. Stretched out, Stickman measures 7 feet tall, uh, or as the Disney research paper puts it, to approximate the height of a human stunt performer with arms raised over his or her head. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Inertial motion sensing, a trio of laser range finders, and computer vision. Apparently that's a thing, computer vision. (laughs) Um, Can enable Stickman to pull off these stunts, but also ensure its safety by landing onto a mat. Um, Can you imagine, like, in, let's say, 20 years, you go to Disneyland, and there's just, like, animatronic robots flipping over over you, like a a ninja show is going to happen? No, no. I'm Absolutely watching this video not. right now, and it's creeping me out. Absolutely not. It's weird, dude. It's super weird. Okay, let's do one more, Yeah, and then we're going to get out of here. Solo, a Star Wars story, is the worst-reviewed Star Wars movie <laughs> since Attack of the Clones. Not surprised, oh, wow. dude. So it was better than... Episode one, but not episode two, basically. Uh, apparently. Man, I don't know. I'm not surprised, dude. Uh, it's not set to come out until May 25th, but the early reviews are not kind to Solo, a Star Wars story. Now, 
you know, if anybody follows any sort of popular culture, this kind this kind of thing happened. Yeah, a lot of like early reviewers and early people bag on the thing, and it ends up being fine. It makes a ton of money, and it's fine. Well, it's gonna make a ton of money anyway. It doesn't have to be good because people will pay for it. Exactly. Ex- that's the point. Yeah, which I'm disappointed which in. Which makes me sad. Yeah, but, but it's not. They're not watching the movie. They're watching the the. They're watching the name. They're watching the. The whole, the entirety of what Star Wars is. That's the only reason why oh, yeah, it's going to make any money. There's so much baggage with these shows, yeah. with these movies, that you have to, you you have to, you ha- you go into it with it, of course, because you're yeah. continuing this long thing. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is like you know Yelp, yes, but for people with money, I don't know. Um, has the latest Star? I don't know where that went. Uh, latest Star Wars movie score? Excuse me, a 72 percent critic score. That's not seventy two isn't terrible. It's the lowest since Attack of the Clones came out in two thousand two. How in the world did Attack of the Clones get more? Attack of the Clones. That movie me. sported a sixty six percent critic score. I have literally watched a movie that had a four Rotten Tomatoes. Was scores, that Wolfman so. or Wolf Cop? Wolf Cop is <laughs> amazing. Wolf Cop is awesome. Homie. Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop and then the other... Not for the faint of heart. But then the other uh, Chuck Norris movie where he's uh, buried underground in his truck and he cracks open a beer and then puts it in four-wheel drive and drives out of his makeshift grave. Find out what that is. Lone Wolf oh, McQuaid? Man. Yeah, Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Wow. Oh, you can tell I'm married to Sam. <laughs> right? <laughs> I need to know what I gotta do if I ever get married with beer. Oh, my God. Uh, apparently, Phantom Menace... Got a 55% Man, in 1999. A, that movie was garbage. I can so understand that. 72% is not the lowest of all of the Star Wars but movies. But since then, yeah. But since, since then, right. It's been, yeah. <clears throat> 16 years and the third lowest in the franchise. It's important to note, this is what I was saying, that many of the highest grossing movies of the 21st century did not receive a great critic score, as the audience score seems to be a better measurement of entertainment value of a movie. Right. For example, the fourth highest grossing movie of all time... Jurassic World, which really? I saw and I thought it was awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Had a 71% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I liked that movie. Cool. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. Right? No. No. I have names to draw. God. Oh, yes, thank you, thank right. you, thank you. I would you. have beat myself up so bad. So six of them? Had I not done that. Six. So this will be, this is February. So what? What's going on? I just looked up the movie that had the 4% and I was trying oh, okay. to remember the name of it. All right. um, so this is the, these are the people from February. So if you were yes. a Patreon supporter in February, this is you. So here we go. Bev, do me a favor. Yes. Pick a number between 2 and 11. <laughs> 3. <laughs> uh, 2 and 11? Yes, 2 and 11. 6. 6. <laughs> All right, uh, we have our winner, Greg Mackway. <laughs> Jeez, let me highlight Greg Mackway. All right, Greg, congrats, <clears throat> bud. Okay, so do me a favor and Terrence, pick another number between two and eleven, and not eleven, but six. not six. Uh, let's go with five. Eric Johnson. Yeah, good job, Eric. Nice. So you guys each won twenty dollars in Disney dollars. Hey, that rhymed. No, it's just the same word. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Words can rhyme, right? I'm going to be a good rapper, I swear oh to God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, Patreon supporters for March. Pay attention. Is this the same? I think it's the same people. Um, 
Terrence, pick a number between 2 and 11. Not 5 or 6? No, it doesn't matter. It, okay. Well, now, see, now we can't do it, right? Why? Because you know that 5 is Eric and 6 is Greg. Okay, let me forget. Okay, 8. Well, no. But see, now this is the problem. I already know what to, number I'm going to pick. We have to I, randomize I had already selected it. Here, I'm going to randomize it. Okay. Okay. 8. No, I'm going to do a random number generator because that's the only way to like. It's the only way to do it. Um, and I, I should have foreseen this coming, and I did not. I choose number two. Uh, minimum is two, and the maximum is eleven. That way, it's truly random. Three is the first one. Uh, this is for uh, March. Three is Sean O'Sullivan, our friend Sean O'Sullivan. And, of course, we're going to know all these people because yeah. we're kind of friends with everybody. So, Sean, you win $20, Yay. Um, John. And the next winner, Tiffany Adams. Yay. Nice. I don't yeah. know. Good job, everybody. Good job. Okay, here we go. And then, finally, for April, and, of course, we haven't done May yet because May is not not over yet. Um, between 2 and 11. Yeah, there we go. Okay, here we go again. Between 2 and 11, boys. Let's go. 8. Carrie Truffamuck. Right. Our friends in Saskatchewan. Yeah. I, I'm sure I totally butchered her last name. I apologize, Carrie. They're good people. And 5. Eric Johnson again. Look at that. See, at that. that's the thing, everybody. If you... Uh, you know, donate, you win. Anyway, so that's what we're going to be doing moving forward uh, for uh, the $12 levels and up. So I apologize. It's taking you a while. I will be in touch with you all to get your email, or I have a lot of your uh, um, physical addresses here in the show. So, um, you know, we'll figure that out. Okay, we're going to do the news, and then we're going to get out of here, everybody, because, uh, I don't know, I'm not really happy how that game went. And I feel bad about it. Okay. I'm ready for the secret show, everybody. Wait, where'd my thing go? Okay, here's here's the bad part. I gotta fade this out, do this, because I need I need more than one computer here and I I don't have it yet. Show outlines. Show one thirteen. Ah, I'm st- uh. This is what I this is when I hate what I do. This is when I absolutely can't stand doing shows. Okay, here we go, everybody. Just forget all about it. It's the years up Joe Fowler, the retired admiral who was also VP of Disneyland Operations, was apprehensive at first of the small, confined nature of the submarines in Disneyland. But relying on his vast naval experience, he had small air jets installed in front of every porthole to help prevent claustrophobia. That's awesome. So whenever you're in there, it's not just for airflow because it's it's stuffy in there. It's because he find that they, he was saying that uh, in his naval career, if you have something to look at out the porthole and airflow, right. you don't really feel claustrophobic. That makes sense. That does make a lot of sense because like that it. room is. I hate it. Hella claustrophobic. Yeah, I know, dude. It is, but you don't notice it when you're looking out the thing. Anyway, thanks to Getaway Today for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond. Getaway Today can help book online at getawaytoday.com slash earsup. And until next time, everyone, we'll see you in the parks. 